The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where week in and week out, season after season, year after year, we try to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today is going to be one of those days where we reach out for some experienced wisdom about what in the world we should be doing in this market. It's so funny, the things that we see in the media and then the things that we hear when we talk to other uh, experienced colleagues uh, turn out to be largely different things and it can be sort of confusing the media is saying house prices are going up no they're not they're going down no they're not they're only going down in california the rents are going down are they you got to talk to people who are actually in the business because boy you just never know what the source of those media reports are so Today, we are going to talk about possibly the most experienced real estate investor you have ever met, Mr. Ron Legrand, who is a 40-year veteran of the real estate wars. If you know him, it's probably because he has also been in the education business for a really long time. Uh, your favorite real estate millionaire might just say, oh yeah, I got my start with Ron, because a lot of people do say that. He's joining us by phone from his office in Jacksonville, Florida. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, thank you. Boy, you sure make me feel old. <laughs> the first time I, the first time I took a class from you was in 1992. And uh-huh. <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah, we were we were both much younger then. But uh the, yeah. that, you, you realize that was like 30 years ago now. Yeah. 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 I realize that very <laughs> clearly. <laughs> By the way, I'm actually, I'm actually in my 42nd year of doing this. 40, Jeez, where'd the time go? 42nd year and, and, and still doing it. The, the, um, still doing it. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's actually been a minute since since we since you and I caught up. Like there, you know, there was that whole thing that happened in 2020, and everybody was just kind of scrambling about what to do about their real yeah. estate business and their RIA groups and their people who taught courses were trying to figure out how to keep doing that. And so, so what are you up to these days? Well, I've been training for a long time, but uh, COVID uh, did change the way 
we train because about, um, I don't know, two-thirds of my training today are virtual, but I still get out on the road and do several live events because I like the live events, and I, I know you do as well. I like, I like to talk to human beings that, that can talk back, not looking into a computer screen, but today we don't have any choice. Yeah. COVID, COVID kind of changed the way we do business. And yeah. and and we're really hoping that the <clears throat> the human beings are very anxious to get back together with each other as well because um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Ria is they doing are. its first its first actual in person event that it's had since twenty. 20 i guess i mean we we you, you guys in florida no, you guys had a, in florida had a little bit easy your government your governor opened up the state way earlier than than our yeah, than ours did yeah. but uh yeah that is coming I, I up in it. july and it's you it's you you who, who are going to be here on july the 28th so uh folks who are anxious to yeah. get together in person and learn for a whole day um, come out, come out. It's a, it is a Friday. I didn't say the date wrong. It is Friday, July 28th. There's an alternative date in Columbus on the 29th. If you just absolutely can't get that day off, but you might want to go to CincinnatiRia.com and check that out because it's super cheap and it's a, uh, it's a super like, like it goes a lot of different places <laughs> that are all, that are all very valuable. Um, so you're still buying houses. I am. In fact, I sold one today. Yeah. So that's that's going well, I gather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have an acquisition that does all of the work. I'm too lazy to do all the work, so I delegate that. learned that a long time ago. And um, I do maybe two, three houses a month. I mean, I'm not killing it. Uh, a lot of people do more than that, but that's, that's good enough for me. I don't have to do them anymore. I I just won't. I just won't get rid of the habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much, too much money to be made in real estate is too easy. I, I'm just not gonna, not gonna stop. Ron, leave the houses alone. Put them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, when you've been in it long enough, you can't even go on vacation. Like, like I was, I was in the Bahamas a couple of years ago, and they were taking us on a tour bus someplace. I was like, wait, 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 that that house is empty. <laughs> What's the address? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about the market. I know you've been to this, this rodeo before of, you know, things are, things are changing. Uh, actually in 42 yeah. years, you've been to it approximately four times. It's cause this actually six, six times. Okay. Cause you know, this, mm-hmm. this, this happens mm-hmm. every once in a while. But this one seems particularly weird. It, it, it seems like the, the confluence of the interest rates going up so fast and the, yeah. the just lack of housing in the market and, um, yeah, rents, rents getting out of control because there just weren't enough houses for people to rent. So, um, it's, it's scaring people. You know, I'm hearing even, even folks who've been around for a while saying, Oh, I'm, I'm really kind of laying back and watching what's happening. You're not laying back. So since you're actually no. in the market and you have contacts with like thousands of students all over the country, what is it that you are seeing and hearing about it? Well, um, I can give you my worthless opinion if you want it. But it's actually as valuable as anybody else because nobody really knows what's going on. 
But the truth is, Nina, I don't, as far as real estate goes, I don't care. Because, hey, back in 1982, when I started, the prime rate was 16.8%. Try doing business in that market. And yet, 23 houses the first six months, not even having a clue what I was doing. Well, I learned along the way, and uh, our listeners need to make note of this and get it, get, get it internally. It doesn't make any difference what the market does, what the interest rates are, what the inflation is, or who's president. People always need to sell their house, and other people always need to buy their house. And that's not going to stop. Oh, it changes. We have to change with the market. But there's always a market for people who, who want houses. Mm-hmm. And you are correct. We have a big housing shortage in this country. And I think that's, frankly, the only thing that's holding the market up. I mean, think about it. Your interest rates are double what they were about a year ago, uh, making it very difficult to qualify. Payments are pricing people out of the market. And the mortgage companies uh, are feeling it big time. And now we got this big inflation on top of that. I don't really know what the inflation rate is. The government says, what, 8% the last time I heard, but I don't know who they're talking to because <laughs> nothing that I buy hasn't gone up way more than 8% in the mm-hmm. last year. So whatever it is, it's taking a big bite out of people's wallets, and that can't help but uh, affect the market, mm-hmm. which it is doing. But fortunately, since the we have the shortage. I think that's what's keeping us from taking a, a lot deeper dive than we have taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, since a lot of us, you included, are both buyers and sellers in the real estate market. Right. The market always tends to be tilted toward one or the other. Right. It's either a, a, a wonderful time to yep. buy and there's deals everywhere or it's a wonderful time to sell and you can put something on the market and mm-hmm. people snatch it up at, at higher than market prices uh, immediately. Right. Are we tilting from that extreme seller's market that we had a year ago closer to a buyer's market or things unchanged? Like what what are you experiencing well, in your I, own business? I think we're tilting toward it, but that's going to depend really on where you live. Some areas are declining more than others. Some areas are standing, uh, staying firm. Uh, and in some areas, uh, you know, the prices aren't changing much, but the houses seem to be on the market a longer time because there's less buyers out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't, in my opinion, I can't help but think that the prices are going to come back down, not like they were. Uh, 10 years ago, but uh, we're not going to have an 08 again. But the market is going to slide from what I see it here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I live. I can tell you that. Uh, I see it on my own houses, that some of them are worth considerably less than they were just a year ago. But I don't care because I'm, I'm not trying to sell a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I buy houses, I put lease option tenant buyers in there, and this is a long-term deal, and that's, that's done very well for me over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I also wholesale houses as well, as, as you do. So today, basically, my whole business is buying houses on terms and putting lease option tenant buyers in there and or uh, putting them on the contract for cash and wholesaling them. And both of those are working very well right now. I would be afraid to do very many rehabs right now uh, where I live because by the time I get the thing bought in the rehab, the price might drop somewhat. And, and we got all those other costly entanglements that uh, we don't need to go through right now. But I've done a lot of rehabs, done over a thousand rehabs, uh, good money in them, but you know, also a lot of grief in them and a lot of disadvantages. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing. In other words, when I get a check on a rehab, our wholesale deal, I'm going to have to pay maximum taxes on it. I don't get any long-term capital gains. I don't get any more income coming from that property. I get, I do the job once. I get paid. I got to keep doing the job, or I'm not going to keep getting paid. Uh, unlike the terms business, where uh, I buy the houses without using my credit, and usually without using any money or a little money, and the tenant buyers in there, and I get all the goodies of appreciation, the depreciation, the debt pay down, uh, the uh, uh, well, the increase in value. And, uh, in other words, I get. I, I'm achieving what the real reason we should be in the real estate business is, and that's for cash flow, cash up front, cash immediately, cash monthly, and uh, growth on the back end, and both inside and outside of your Roth IRA. So, okay, Ron, words, we, I want that, you to hold tomorrow. I, I want you to hold that thought because you said that really fast, and I want you. I want to. I want. We're going to take a quick break, and after the break, I want you to. Say it again so that folks really get the the whole scope of what you're trying to achieve with your deals. In the meantime, listeners, if you have a question for Ron Legrand, maybe you could ask him why he's called the godfather of real estate. That would be an interesting question to ask Ron uh, or any other question, real estate related, strategy related. He, he, he pretty much knows all about everything. So give us a call at 877-772-9658. Again, that number is 877-772-9658. Or just send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Mr. Ron Legrand, star of stage screen. Well, that's about it. Stage screen and now radio and real estate. And uh, Ron, by the way, is uh, giving an actual presentation where Vina doesn't interrupt him every 45 seconds tomorrow night at Cincinnati Rhea's uh, nationwide online chapter meeting. Uh, that meeting's free and it's on Zoom, so there's no reason that you all can't attend wherever you happen to be. Uh, and there's every reason that you should attend because I have seen that Ron's list of topics that he's going to cover. And it is a mix of um, here's some strategies that you need to be doing. And also here's just some advice for your life and your business that I have learned after working with thousands and thousands of students over the course of many, many years uh, CincinnatiRia.com for those of you who are not from Cincinnati and you want to put two T's at the end no it's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I R-E-I-A.com just go in there <clears throat> click the calendar link and grab your Zoom link and we will see you tomorrow night um, it's going to be a little crowded there on Zoom we have like record pre-registration for this meeting because everybody knows Ron and he hardly ever does any real estate meetings. So this is like a really big deal. Thank you, Ron. We appreciate it. Actually, I, you're the only one I'm doing this year. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to take that as a personal compliment. <laughs> well, when, 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 when Vina calls, I jump. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take that as a, uh, Proof that my proof that my evil plan is working. Then, um, and and Ron, that that's a, that's an impressive list of stuff that you sent over. I you you might have bitten off more than you can chew. Like <laughs> there were like twelve really good topics there. I I hope you 
have a plan for getting to all of them in yeah. 90 minutes because I'd hate for anybody to miss any of those. Yeah, I'm going to cover a lot in that short time. But then, like you said, I'll be back up there on, what, 28th of July for a whole day. Yeah, that's true. And uh, 20, Yeah, so. That's uh, true. I'll get it all in. All right. All right. So, uh, Ron, back to the uh, just sort of discussion about the market right now. Um, so I noticed that that you, you had said in your in your list of topics that there's never been a better time to get started. And I feel like I heard you. I feel like I also heard you say that in 2019 when the market was super hot and also in 2008 when the market was just dead in the water. And do you do you just think that like now, whenever now is, is the best time to get started? Yes, I do. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think you're sliding into a different market than we just came out of. And I mean, this will probably make some people mad, but the best thing that could happen to real estate investors is we go into another recession. Hmm. Wealthy people go toward the chaos. They don't run away from the chaos. And here the big key is that we buy properties without using our credit. Therefore, we're not risking. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they think they got to go down to the bank and borrow money to buy real estate. <laughs> I won't let my people do that. I, I, I catch them, I'll hurt them if I catch them doing that. Because that's a fast way to get into bankruptcy court. And that's the reason, Dana, why I don't care what the market does. I don't guarantee debt. Uh, I, I know, you know, we are ne- we're never going to have a short supply of tenants. And the worse the market gets, the higher the rent gets. And the more motivated the sellers are, and the less buyers can go to the bank and borrow money to buy houses, so they need us because, you know, I put them in the house on a lease purchase, give them plenty of time to go fix whatever's broke and go get a loan. So I'm, we're actually providing housing uh, for people regardless. We just adjust to the market, okay? Seller's market, buyer's market, don't really matter. I bought houses every single year of the entire 41 years that I've been in this. So I don't even worry about the market anymore. Mm-hmm. But again, we got to operate without risk. And we can't do that if we're guaranteeing debt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't, I, I know you're a you're a huge believer in owner financing, private financing, anything that will yep. allow you to not put your signature on on the bottom, your personal signature on the bottom line of an "I will pay this back" kind of contract. Well, that's true. So you know. Why, why should I when I can buy all the real estate I want without guaranteeing the debt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is always interesting, though, to uh, – uh, so I, I agree with your general premise that there there's just never – there's never a better time than now. And it doesn't matter what day we're saying that. Because I, I, I haven't met a lot of people who say, boy, I wish I'd waited longer to get started in real yep. estate. Most, mostly I meet yeah, people who say, problem. oh, I wish I had started, <laughs> you know, when I was 25 years old. Well, yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I didn't start till I was 35 years old. But one of the biggest reasons why now is a great time is because we got all the systemization and automation in place and delegation. So literally one can get in this business and do very, very little work and turn a part-time venture into extremely high full-time income. And I don't really care where they live in the country because this works all over the country and all the way up to Canada, too, for that matter. So it's a matter of making more money with less work, which Mm -hmm. I'm a strong advocate of. You know, that is that is an excellent point. 
it is literally way easier to do the stuff around real estate, run cops, find deals, uh, um, screen tenants, all of that sort of stuff than it was back when I got started and certainly back when you got started. Uh, When are you kidding? When I I got started, they didn't even have the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) We barely had color TV. (laughs) (laughs) True story. And I and I I remember I remember hand carrying contracts around because uh, fax machines existed, but nobody had one because they were like five thousand dollars. That's right. I bought my first one in 1985, five grand. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah. I used to to carry carbon paper around to put between the two contracts so we could make Mm -hmm. a copy. Okay. Yep. Most younger people don't even know what carbon paper is today. Yep. And they certainly don't remember going down and physically going to the courthouse to find comps. Yeah. Because (laughs) that was the only way you could do it. I know you. You can remember the big old fat MLS books too, can't you? Oh yes, don't with, exist anymore. with the little thumbnail pictures that you were supposed to figure out from those, whether you wanted to go see that property yep. or not. Yep, absolutely. Um, yep, Ron, yep. we're gonna we're gonna go to a uh, listener who is on line one. This is Russell from Connecticut. Hi, How's Russell. going? Great. How are you today? Uh, great, great, great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like I, I like, caught my eye there about the uh, you, you don't couch your opinions in a, in a lot of flowery language. That's great. <laughs> And uh, appreciate that. I said that. I said that about you, Ron. I, I said I, I said be, be warned, uh, be warned that Ron doesn't really you know pull punches about his opinion. He just kind of right. says what it is. I, I, I think you have misjudged me, Dina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think so. I've had a long time to observe this. So, uh, Russell, what's your question? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I guess uh, it, it, were you kind of answering the question about about the why the Burr strategy leads somebody to bankruptcy? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. One of the things that you had uh, said you were going to talk about tomorrow night, Ron, and and he's asking right. for it tonight is uh, basically you think you think the buy buy rehab rent refinance repeat strategy is a bad strategy. Yeah, well, it has two fatal flaws in it. Number one is the word rent. I don't rent houses. I lease options to tenant buyers who give me 5 to 10% down non-refundable option deposit to get the keys to the house, and then they take on all the responsibility for repairs as a condition of their option. That's a totally different business than putting tenants in houses. Trust me, I know. One time I had 276 tenants uh, back when I had dark hair. So that's the first problem with it. I don't want to rent them. I want to, I want to lease option them. And then the second problem is, is refinancing them. And as I just said, I think the biggest mistake an investor can make is go to the bank and borrow the money to buy a house. Put it, and it goes on your credit report. It goes in your financial statement. Pretty soon they're going to cut you off anyway. Uh, wherever right. you learn how to buy them correctly, there's no limit, no limit to how many houses you can buy if you don't have to go into a bank every time you want to buy one. Mm-hmm. So, so that that first one's sort of like personal preference. Ron doesn't like to rent properties, but the second one goes back to his whole. I'm I'm not putting my name on something that that can come back to bite me, um, which is mm-hmm. you know like like the real estate investors you knew who did really badly in the Great Recession, the ones who had mm-hmm. huge rental portfolios and they lost yeah. them all. 
also had to dig out. Yep. Yep. They also had to dig out from a huge credit crisis, like personal credit crisis, because their names were on the bottom of all of those bank loans. It wasn't bad enough that they had to lose the houses, but then, you know, trying to finance a car or their own personal house or get a credit card for about the next five years was really, really tough. Yeah, and and refinancing well, this high this high interest rate too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That's right. Yep, that is correct. Okay, Russell. So now you got a preview of uh, what he's going to talk about tomorrow night. Cool. <laughs> All right, I look forward to it. So thanks, thanks for calling. I guess I'll see you on Zoom tomorrow night. Remember, CincinnatiRia dot com is where you go to get that Zoom link for tomorrow night's meeting. Um, so. Ron, I want to. I I said I wanted you to go back and and say more slowly what it is you look for in your deals because you said a lot of things. You said cash now, cash later, cash all along. I don't even remember what they all were. Well, there's two types of deals that that we do. That is one we buy on terms, which means the owner we buy with owner financing. Or sometimes, uh, rarely take it subject to, or and uh, as a backup strategy, we lease it with an option to buy. All right, if we buy it on terms, I'm going to sell it on terms by putting a lease option tenant buyer in it. There's no money to raise other than closing costs usually, so um, it's an easy in and it's an easy out, and I don't have to do the rehab and all of those things that people think are involved in real estate. Right? Um, I just I just turn each one of them into a, uh, an income stream. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side with the ugly houses, which you know you teach. Uh, ugly houses are all over the place that need rehab, uh, and we go after those as well. And then you got to make the decision whether you want to wholesale it and just flip the contract and get a check, or you have to rehab it. The last, we, I've wholesaled several houses this year already, and I can tell you, the first two that I wholesale, we netted almost a hundred grand on two wholesale deals. Yeah, mm. hundred grand cash on two wholesale deals, and didn't touch them, mm. didn't lay a finger on them, never even bought them. Okay. By the way, I think I'm going to show them tomorrow night uh, as well. But uh, I, I, the uh, systemization today is so powerful that there's really very little to do once you plug into it. And all this stuff is done. I mean, all the grunt work is done by somebody else because if it isn't and you take on the grunt work, pretty soon your day is gone. You haven't accomplished much of anything <laughs> except minutia and putting out fires all day. So, you know, we got to train ourselves as entrepreneurs to stay focused on the revenue and delegate everything else and spend our time creating the deals and let everybody else do every little piece along the way. Um, we got virtual assistants. we got people taking calls 24 hours a day. Uh, and in my case, i got an acquisition. Uh, you know what? I, I don't hardly do anything. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm worthless. <laughs> yeah, acquisition does all the work. I mean, I... Sometimes I feel ashamed to take the money, but uh, that feeling goes away pretty quick. <laughs> well, let's face it, they can only do the work because you knew how to do the work and you've systematized it for them. Well, there isn't much work for you, even for them to do with the systemization we had today. Hmm. Interesting. So they're kind of useless too? <laughs> no, no. You know, they're the ones that have to call the sellers and make appointments and go out the house and get the contract and then put the tenant buyer in the house and you know they get paid based on what they produce so hmm. i like that okay yeah me too and 
We need to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions from the email. And also, if you have a question, listeners, 877-772-9658. This is your big chance to get Ron Legrand's attention for five minutes and get him to tell you something you want to know about real estate. 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Mr. Ron Legrand, who is also presenting at tomorrow night's Cincinnati RIA meeting, which you can come to if you're if you can if you can hear my voice, you can come to this meeting because it's on Zoom, and you get your link at CincinnatiRIA.com. Ron, I'd like to start uh, buzzing through the many questions that I have for you in my inbox, if that is okay with you. First question is from John, who lives in Riverside, California. He says, I live in California. Prices are ridiculous here, especially rents. What area or areas of the country seem to offer better and more affordable housing and apartment options? By which I think he really means, where should he be investing? Well, John, I can tell you this much. The grass is always greener on the other side of the pasture, but it's usually got manure under it. And I got tons of, of our clients in California uh, and all areas of California from the high end to the lower end. And honestly, there's more money than, than you can go out and grab right where you live. So I, I'm telling you, instead of looking for greener pastures, learn the ropes and learn how to make the money where you're at. And it doesn't matter how high the prices are there. It just doesn't matter. Uh, the deals are going to be the same. The higher the prices, the more money you're going to make. So uh, I don't know what you're looking for. Uh, it's not within your question, but there's terms deals and there's ugly ass deals. And I promise you there's investors all around you that are doing both. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, J- learn a little bit more about how to do these deals. They, they will come. John, you might you might want to come tomorrow night because I think it's going to clarify. You're, you're, you're in a very traditional mindset that goes uh, the uh, houses cost mm-hmm. this much money and then they only rent for this much money. And that's there's nothing wrong with that, except, yeah, that probably doesn't work in where you live in California. But when you're talking about what Ron does, which is really buy, buy the houses on terms, so you're not going to lay out, you're not going to shell out $700,000 for a starter home, and then sell them on terms to people who expect to pay big monthly payments because they have to if they're going to live in California, you're in kind of a different that is correct kind of a different world and, and correct. when i see these when i see these guys who do lease options in california and they get a hundred thousand dollar option fee exactly i i just want to faint because in california <laughs> yeah i mean how higher, higher the price of the house the bigger the non-refundable deposit you're going to get up front mm-hmm. and the more spread you're going to get by the way john uh, lease option tenant buyers will pay more than tenants Yep. So, so yeah, I, and, and yeah, Ron's right. Like your backyard's the place, the best place. It's so much easier to just like understand the market and have a, have a good grip on it pretty soon about what people are paying for stuff and what they'll pay for a monthly payment and so on and manage things than it is from all the way across the country. Uh, so, um, you ready to answer a fairly specific deal related question? Ron, because this is from mm-hmm. this is from Darren, well, who's a longtime listener from the Detroit area. 
He says, I'm getting ready to meet a seller on Sunday that's having health issues. He's got a 1,500 square foot 3-2 property. It's worth 300 to 330 and he's owned it for two years, but he has a mortgage. He's willing to consider terms, but I don't know what to offer him or how to structure any kind of seller finance deal. And hang on, he sent a second yeah. clarification. Um Oh, I don't know what his mortgage balance is. He wanted me to come talk to him face-to-face to get the details. That's what Darren right. says. Well, here's one thing you learn from me. And that is we don't make sellers offers. Sellers make us offers. We ask questions. They answer the questions. And we answer their questions with questions. And we never tell a seller what we're going to pay until we find out what they want. And that carries on way beyond real estate. When you, when you go start telling people what you pay, you're, you're going to lose. In fact, quite often, if you just shut up and let them tell you what they want, it's way below what you're about to offer them. So I have a series of questions and scripts, which incidentally I'm going to have at the uh, one-day things that I'm doing, uh, that ask the sellers the questions to get them to answer the questions, and then by the time I'm down at the bottom line, I, uh, I, I know whether we're going to work together or not. And in fact, there's only three questions. And... Uh, it's a very simple script, actually. But, again, let the seller talk. Let the seller tell me what they want instead of us trying to tell them what we're willing to pay them. Mm-hmm. So answer number one, Darren, is uh, actually don't go in with an idea in mind or with, with some, something you're ready to say about I can give you X dollars for this property. Um, Ron, you, you indicated that subject two was like a distant third in your world about how you would like to buy houses, but it sounds like this one's probably going to have to be a subject too, because he's only owned it for two years. Okay. Probably doesn't have a bunch of well, equity. I, I, I buy them with a wraparound mortgage or a deed of trust, depending on what state you're in. I mean, for two reasons, if I, if I buy the house subject to, and you don't make, and I don't make the payments, that seller has got no recourse. They can't get the house back. They got no, nothing to foreclose on. Cause I don't know them any money. Subject two means I just took over their debt and they deeded the house. Uh, and secondly, uh, that loan's going to stay in their name. It's going to stay on their credit report until it's paid off. If they ever want to go out and qualify for another loan, that's going to go against their their debt ratio and probably killer chances of getting another loan. Mm-hmm. But if I buy it on a wraparound mortgage, there's a recorded note that says I'm paying the same amount that they're paying out to the bank, which should uh, wash out their, their debt uh, and, and help them get qualified for loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, it's going to take about a year before the bank start accepting it. But uh, uh, you know, they they usually accept it. So, problem is, you know, investors don't tell sellers the potential problems with subject to uh, because this is not their best interest. So, if I buy it on a wraparound mortgage, uh, seller can foreclose on me if I don't pay, and they can prove that I'm uh, that they're getting income enough to cover the uh, underlying debt. So I'm basically just heading off problems that are going to happen later if I don't. Mm-hmm. So, Darren, I guess your goal right now is to go over to that guy's house on Sunday, ask him a lot of questions, and some of those are probably going to include what's your mortgage balance, what are the monthly payments. Um, oh, you have to know that. What's your you interest rate? Is it adjustable? Was that loan modified? Uh, That's a really important question yeah. to ask right now. Yeah. And then uh, you're going to do some evaluation about uh, are his payments low enough that maybe you could lease option it? Because I mean that's a that's a that's at least a B plus property. 
at that price range in the Midwest. So I, I would think, Ron, that that would uh-huh. possibly be a really good lease option candidate. Oh, sure. And if he's uh, only been in it two years, that means his rate two years ago was probably very reasonable compared to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Darren, I hope that gives you enough to go have that meeting on Sunday and just, you know, find out what the seller's really looking for. He's got health problems. I'm guessing he's looking to, like, downsize, maybe move into an apartment, something like that. So maybe you can help him out with that. Um, so, Ron, we've gotten a couple of questions that are along the same line, so I'm going to kind of combine them. He said, uh, uh, this, this one's from Ken, who is in the Louisville market, but also has, he says, stakes in the DC, Maryland, Virginia loop there. And, uh, it's about how do you find good candidates for properties for those lease with option deals? The same way you find ugly houses. You, uh, there's a whole list of things that you can do to get sellers to call you. And then, of course, there's all those sellers that advertise their houses for sale that your virtual assistant can call them and fill out property information sheets for you. Uh, but, I mean, the list is pretty long. Some of the things you do cost you no money. Some of the things you do, you're going to have to spend money and pay people to generate leads and sell them to you. Uh, but the key is, is qualified leads. Any seller that calls you is a qualified lead. Mm-hmm. Any seller you're chasing because they listed online is a quantity lead got to go through more of those than you will if they're calling you. So um, there's a whole list of things. For example, uh, can you put a sign on your car? Can you put signs out on the side of the road? Uh, can you uh, go on? Look, think about social media for crying out loud. All free. Facebook Marketplace is a great place to both buy and sell these properties. you just got to get part of the group and let them know that you're buying. I mean, there's, there's a ways to do it as a starter, depending on your budget. But my, my favorite is to pay other people. I mean, I pay two, three hundred dollars a lead, but it's a pre-screen lead, and I know that only we only have to call five or six or seven people to get a deal. So you understand the math and see that the cost of leads are irrelevant. But I advise everyone: do not go spending a bunch of money on marketing unless you know how to handle that call and follow-up to get the deal. You're just wasting money. Mm, uh, two big keys: generate quality leads and handle that closing call. So Kevin, in a similar question, would like to know what your current three favorite marketing strategies are for the kinds of deals you're looking for. Oh, boy. Um, We've got about seven or eight different things going on. One thing that's working well for us right now is mailing to uh, people in probate. Uh, That's gotten us three deals, at least, that I know of this year, all pretty good deals. Uh, There's never any list of people that you can mail to. Uh, and in fact, uh, we got a, a thing called the Gold Club where we drop leads into your inbox for you every day from people who are listing your house online. And then we have, um, Jackson, my brother, we mail to people that are in foreclosure and we mail to people that are about to be in foreclosure. And we love out of town absentee owners. And uh, of course, think about what you can do online. Can you take an I buy houses sign? hold it in front of you, have a picture taken, and put that on YouTube? <laughs> Can you stand in front of your cell phone and make a 60-second commercial and put that on YouTube? I put it on uh, a, a Google and, and create a budget, a $10-a-day budget. will probably get you people calling you and 
so simple for you to create an ad. It takes 60 seconds to create a 60-second ad. <laughs> it's not hard to do. By the way, if you don't believe it, go in there and Google and look at some of the stupid ads that are on there. Because <laughs> they're working. Go on TikTok, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the stupidest stuff. But i be honest with you, the less professional your ad looks, the more calls you'll get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us way overthink how, uh, you know, professional yep. and uh, <laughs> made up and, you know, good lighting and whatnot we have to we have to be to do those kind of social media reach outs. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I'm don't say you're over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, any, if, uh, anybody has any final questions for Ron, you got like five minutes to get him in. Ask Fina at gmail.com. Um, boy, I even hate to give, uh, give out the phone number at this point. Cause we might have to leave somebody hanging on the phone, but ask Vina at gmail.com. So, Ron, let's let's I, we've we've hit all these folks' strategy questions. Let's talk more generally because there's like everyone's all obsessed with you know how do I find the deals? How do I what what kind of deals should I be finding? What kind of strategies could I should I be using? But there's a bigger picture here of what makes people successful. And I know you're you're one of your things that you're very strong on right now um, have been for many years. In fact, is get automated, do as little as you possibly can. What else though? Like where, what do you, what do you see? What do you see that people just do over and over generation after generation that just like kills their ability to succeed in this? Well, first of all, a lot of people are petrified to get on the phone with a seller. We crack that code. We've got to get over that hurdle. And of course we can replace ourselves pretty quick if we just are not going to do that. Because uh, the closing calls have got to be made, whether it's pretty or ugly, whether the house is rehab or in gorgeous condition, somebody's got to talk to the seller. You can't buy houses without talking to the person that owns the house, unless you're in the MLS. And we don't use the MLS in the terms of business. Uh, we only use the MLS when we're going to buy junkers. And um, in fact, I've been out of the MLS for a long time because there just haven't been any deals in there with this rabid market. But we're getting back into it right now. And of course, the realtors do all the work there, so we do sit there and make the offers but in the um what what you really got to do is get out there and start generating leads on your own and quit worrying about you know what what do i do first the answer is that's going to be determined by the information on the property information sheet when you get it back uh it'll tell you whether the house needs rehabbed or not uh, and it'll tell you whether it's in excellent condition now, if it's in excellent condition you're going for a term deal using a simple script if it needs rehab you're going for an all-cash deal and getting a contract at a much lower price with the intentions of wholesaling it and picking up a big check. So I don't, I, I generate leads and they come in in all shapes and sizes. And then my next move is based on what I'm reading on that property information sheet. It's really just that simple. Get on the phone, simple script, and that'll determine whether you're going to go get a contract or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, getting over your fear of, talking to other human beings who have hopefully a property and a problem because you just like, it doesn't matter what you know, if you're not talking to people who have the thing that you need to implement what you know, um, give us, give us one other, like just, uh, you wish you could talk to every brand new investor in the entire world and say, this is holding you back. Stop doing it. What would that thing be? 
Uh, not doing anything to generate leads, of course. Uh, if you can't locate prospects, you don't have a business or any business. So got to learn how to get prospects coming to you. And then again, again, there's two keys, generating the leads and then mastering the closing call. Because the rest is easy after that. I mean, once you get a contract on it, if you're wholesaling the house, uh, you're gone. It's done in 15 days. I just sold one today. Right? And if you're doing a terms deal, uh, once you get possession of that house, you're, one or two weeks later, you're going to have a tenant buyer in there giving you a great big chunk of money for a deposit. So we got quick money on both ways. So wholesale, I'd rather have the uh, terms deal because it's long-term, long-term growth. But I don't have any problem with them thirty, forty thousand dollars checks on those wholesale deals. I've grown to accept them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving them back. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we generate leads and we take what comes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so don't be so everything into one plane. Don't be so, don't be so strategy focused. Be more, find the leads and figure out what they are after you found them. Exactly. Okay. And of course, you know, I'm going to be talking heavily on that when I get, you know, get time. Do that one day thing together. I'm going to go through every step, step at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, Ron, we are sadly out of time for this show. I do want to invite listeners again to uh, hear you when you have the whole stage, and I'm not interrupting you every so often. Uh, that's tomorrow night, Thursday night, Cincinnati RIA's national chapter of online meeting. You can get a link by going to Cincinnati ria.com again cincinnati ria.com we'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then happy investing